Good morning. I came prepared for orange. Actually, it wasn't too bad. There's only a couple that have orange on, so it didn't hurt my eyes too bad. Had to bring the shades just in case everybody went crazy. So good to be here. Good to see all you all out. That sun was feeling real good outside just a minute ago. At least no one's singing Rocky Top, right, Roger? We can. Not yet. No. Please, no. We might have folks walk out. <laughs> All right. So, let's see here. What announcements do we have this morning? All right. Sunday night fellowship this evening at 5. We'll be doing chapter 3 of I Am a Church Member, followed by a quick business meeting. Um, Second Harvest is this coming Wednesday at 5.30. There's a sign-up sheet on the bulletin board. Junior Reach Out, Trunk or Treat, the 22nd. Yeah, it's Saturday. Well, the Halloween party first, and then Trunk or Treat. Halloween party first. It's from 6 to 8, but then the Trunk or Treat is going to be 7.30 to 8. And we need people to get off the All right. Quick meeting after church. I was going to be a dinosaur, but it didn't work out so well. So now I'm going to be Mario. (laughs) Any other announcements? So this is probably the most important announcement. You have 10 Sundays until Christmas. (laughs) I knew that was going to to happen. Any other announcements? Seriously. Moving right along. All right. We'll have y'all stand. We'll have a verse of the song. Please get a red book. Turn over to page 
Well, good morning again. Come on, good morning again. Thank you, boys. You guys are always on. And good to be here. You know, I think last night there was probably more Tennessee fans than ever. Which doesn't mean you're actually a Tennessee fan. You just really don't like the other team, right? Who, everybody, who can attest to that? Yep, I see a lot. All right. Anybody with a special song this morning? Well, Ryan's going to be preaching for us today. I'm just kidding, Ryan. You can blame my mom for that. All right. If you got your Bibles, turn over to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. We've been going through the, the proclamations of the early church pointing to Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. Anybody remember the, the message from last week? What was, the, what was the actual topic? What was proclaimed last week? Don't look at your notes. Nope. That was a couple weeks ago. Getting there. Salvation is by grace alone. There we go. Man. All right. Who's taking over? All right. So this week in Acts chapter 16, it's actually a very similar topic and probably a similar message. But a little different perspective. I've really been loving going through this book. And I don't know if anybody else is or not, but I absolutely love it. And it's, it's awesome to me that 2,000 years plus that the gospel's still going on. The gospel's still being preached. No matter how you know, Satan tries to stop it and separate and divide, it's still going on. And it's, it's just amazing to me. It really is. The good news that's still saving souls and drawing people to Himself. Changing hearts and changing lives. And most importantly, changing eternity for those folks. That is good news in a dark world. That is good news in a dark world. And I really believe as long as the world continues to go on, that message of hope and reconciliation will continue to be preached. Somewhere. May not be here, maybe somewhere else. But it's going to continue because of a man named Jesus. So we're going to read a little bit here in Acts chapter 16. Been debating and debating and debating on how to go through this. Just some really good scripture here. How about we'll just read one verse for right now and we'll follow the Lord and see how it goes. Verse 30. I was going to read a bunch, and we'll probably go through it. But verse 30. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I, must I do to be saved? Keep that one in, in your mind. So flip, go back to 16, and we'll read some of that too. We'll, we'll kind of go through all this to, to get us to that last, last little bit there. Starting at 16. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. 
Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they're disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. And we'll, we'll stop right there for just a minute. But keep, keep your Bible open there because we'll continue going through that. So the, the end of the 15th chapter, which we didn't really get into to that. So this was, this was Paul's first missionary journey, as Brother David taught us not too terribly long ago in, on Sunday Night Fellowship. This was the end of his first missionary journey with Barnabas. At the end of the 15th chapter, they had kind of a disagreement. Does anybody know what that was? I know David does. Anybody else? You guys can't talk, right? Mark. Mark? So there was a dis- disagreement because Barnabas wanted Mark, John Mark to come with them. And Paul was like, no. So they had this big disagreement and then they, they decided to separate. And this was the Mark who wrote the Gospel of Mark. So they decide to go their separate ways, and this starts the second missionary journey of Paul. So who went with Paul this time? I heard it. Silas. Silas. Who else comes into the picture? A young disciple named? Timothy. Timothy. So they're going from town to town to town, sharing the Gospel message. And it says there at the end of, I don't remember what verse it was, but the church continued to grow in their faith and in their numbers daily. So then at the beginning of the 16th chapter, it says Paul wants to go different places and the Holy Spirit's like, no, you can't go there. That's weird, isn't it? Wasn't ready yet. That's all we can really say to that. But Paul has a vision to come to Macedonia to help us. That's what the vision said. And immediately, he sets out to go to Macedonia. Which is what? Starts with a P. Come on. My goodness. Philippi. Philippi. And what was later written from Philippi? Philippians. <laughs> Woohoo! Oh my goodness, folks. Are you guys dead? You guys got to get used to me. It's been two years now. Come on. So Paul has a vision. They go. They first meet a lady named Lydia. That's in the the top section of starting at the 11th verse there. They meet a lady named Lydia. What was Lydia known for? For selling her purple garments. Right? And what happened to Lydia? She was the first convert on the There you go. Exactly. In Europe. Yep. First one. And I love how it says there, the Lord opened her heart. It says she was a worshiper of God, but the Lord opened her heart to allow her to pay attention. And she was saved and baptized in all of her family. And she actually wanted them to come and stay at her house. 
And that gets us to the point of where we read. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl. The King James Version there uses a damsel possessed with a spirit of divination. How do you say that? Divination? Is that right? It sounds funny. Anybody ever say a word and it sounds funny? It's like a, a fortune teller of some sort. And then the other version there uses slave. So she was out making money for whoever her owners were by telling fortunes or something. Who knows? But it was like she was demon possessed. Well, she was following Paul and Silas around saying, what? What's it say there? These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Sounds like a pretty good statement, doesn't it? The truth. But wouldn't that get annoying? I think Paul just had enough. And he cast, by the name of Jesus, he cast that out, that spirit out. Well, and as you can imagine, immediately those owners became angry. Why? Lost their money. So they immediately take Paul and Silas to the, basically to the court. Now, did they tell them these guys made us lose all of our money? Nope. They didn't tell them that. These men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. Now it doesn't really say there, but I don't think they had a say in this. Did they? As you'll find out later, if you keep going, they ended up being Roman citizens. And they had to apologize. They just beat them. Ripped their clothes off and beat them. Whipped them. Right? Just crazy to think about. Well, at the end of what we read there, and when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So being a jailer back then was a pretty big deal. Basically, they were saying, do everything that you and your power to not let these guys escape. It's pretty much what they were saying. Keep them safely to take every precaution possible to prevent the prisoners from escaping. This next part really hits me. And hopefully it hits you too. Verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. When I read that initially, I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. Does it make sense to any of you? They were praying and singing hymns to God. They just got beat half to death. They're sitting in stocks. They can't be comfortable. Anybody else think of Brady Bunch when you think of stocks? I don't know why. Which, which episode was it? Come on, D. The Thanksgiving one. There you go. I've got a weird mind. I know it. Praying and singing hymns to God. Now, I can get them praying. Can we all understand that piece of it? 
praying for deliverance, playing, you know, the firefighter type prayer. I think we can all understand that. This was different. This was a lot different. These guys were actually praising God. Can you imagine being in that situation where you're beaten, you're locked up, and you're praising God? That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Pretty amazing. I mean, they had, they had to be miserable. They had to be hurting. I mean, I'm sure it was dark, rat infested. Can you imagine that? They're praising. It says a lot about them, doesn't it? They were true witnesses to the gospel. And I really, there's, there's a lesson in that for each of us. No matter what's happening in this world, no matter how bad things get, God is still in control. God is still in control. Don't ever forget that. And we should praise Him all the time. Right, Ryan? What was your lesson this morning? Happiness, Happiness, joy. Because of Jesus, that should be us. No matter how bad it gets. No matter how bad it gets. But it says there that the prisoners were also listening. Imagine what they were thinking. Kind of the same stuff. These guys are nuts. (laughs) I mean, imagine yourself. You're in jail. These guys just got beat to death almost. And they're singing. It doesn't seem right, does it? It just doesn't seem right. But someone else was listening there too. 26th verse. It suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. So you had this great earthquake. The prison shakes. The doors open. Locks fall off. What's your first instinct? To get the heck out of here. Right? That's what would have happened in the other situation. The jailer here says when the jailer woke up and saw that the prison doors were open... He drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. Why is that? Why was he going to take his own life because of the prisoners escaping? He was going to get the punishment they were going to get. And made fun of and family. and that. So he was just like, I'm just going to take this upon myself because this is going to be better than what they're going to do to me. But he woke up to probably his worst nightmare. The doors opened, locks. He thought they were gone. He thought they were gone. To the point he was going to kill himself. But says the 28th verse there. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. I don't know how Paul knew that. Had to be some type of divine... I I don't know. I I can't explain. But don't harm yourself. We're all here. How odd is that? That had to be really odd. And it says there in the 29th, And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said... Again, this is... The, the best part. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
Do you think that's a question that's been asked for an eternity? What must I do to be saved? And this is also where Satan has come in and created all kinds of chaos like we talked a little bit about last week. What must I do to be saved? What's the world think? I must go to church. I must get baptized. I must do good works. I must do this. I must do that. Why do they think that? A lot of religions are like that. Pray six times a day. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And if your good stuff outweighs the bad stuff, you might get to heaven. Right? It's a lot of religions. And Satan, it's a dangerous place he's put people in with his lies. Because people believe it. It's destructive. And how many people has it led to a sinner's hell? It's like, what's he asking here? What must I do to be saved? Do I need to be circumcised? Do I need to be a good person? Do I need to stop being a jailer? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? He's thinking he had to do some action. Right? What must I do to be saved? Some action. And that's the, that's the mentality that a lot of people have. Being saved is something that you do. Right? That's what a lot of people think. That you're in control. That salvation rests on what you do and don't do. That's what a lot of people think. And like I said, it's a huge lie from the Satan. Huge lie. Has anybody ever had a conversation with anyone like that? Well, if my... My good stuff outweighs the bad stuff. I might get to go to heaven. Has anybody ever had a conversation like that? Well, here's the truth. None of us are good. Not one. None of us are good enough to go to heaven on our own. But that's what we think. We think that salvation by works seems right. Salvation by works seems right. Anybody think that? No, because you're, you're here. <laughs> Does anybody think or have heard this? Bad people deserve punishment. Bad people are going to lose. Anybody heard that? Good people are going to be rewarded. Good people are going to win. Anybody like movies? Come on. Gee whiz. People wake up. Anybody like movies? Do we like it when the bad guy wins in the end? Nope. We like it when the, the winner's a good guy. It all comes back to this. Justice. We all think that's right. In fact, there's some scripture that talks about that. Here's two verses in Proverbs. This is actually a really good verse to memorize. You want to know why? Because it's the exact same thing. Proverbs 14.12 and 16.25. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And we think that we have this natural flesh that we can do, we can work hard enough to get to heaven. Has anybody ever heard? Just work as hard as you can and you'll do whatever you want in life. Has anybody heard that? That's true. Except for go to heaven. That's the one thing that it won't do. You can't work hard enough. You can't be good enough. There's only one way. 
And that's through Jesus. But again, that appeals to our pride and the sinful nature. Can't you imagine if salvation was based on works? How would heaven be? Look what I did. I did this. I got me to heaven. I wouldn't want to be with those kind of people, would you? I wouldn't want to be there. Look what I did. Well, those egos go crazy, don't they? I love the scripture here. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. Why? So that no one can boast. Because it's not about us. It's about Jesus. But that sinful flesh, boy, it's all about me. What do I get? What do I get? And that's what Saul and Pilate and Saul... I can't even talk. Saul and Silas. That's hard to say. Saul and Paul. Good gracious. Paul and Silas. That's better. Paul and Silas. Thank you, Daniel. I had it backwards. (laughs) There's nothing that you can do. No act that you can say. What's that next verse say there? After it says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he says, and they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Doesn't say you got to go do this. It doesn't say you got to go open doors for old ladies. It doesn't say you got to walk your mom across the street. It doesn't say you got to come to church. It doesn't say you have to be baptized. It says you must believe. Now, you got these people out there going, well, what about works? What about works? I think we've heard it over and over and over. Works do not save you. There's not enough good works that you can do in this world to save you. But when you do receive Jesus, the good works come out because they're what? Fruit. There's a difference. There's a difference. Not not to be saved, but because you're saved. And really, if you keep reading there, that's exactly what happened. This jailer, his whole perspective changed. It says, And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. And I think that's the most important thing here to really get. Is... It changed him. You know, I was thinking through this, and it doesn't really say. Do you think he was involved in beating them? I mean, he locked them up, threw away the key. I mean, he was just doing his job, right? I'm sure he wasn't friendly about it. But that's not their job. But he could have been in the pun- he could have been punishing them. But the encounter with Christ changed everything. And I think that's the big thing to remember here. Is if you have been born again, there should be something different. If your life hasn't changed at all since salvation, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something is absolutely wrong. There was a change. There was a change. Do you think it's easy for people to say, yep, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus? It's easy to say, isn't it? It's easy to say. 
But again, there's fruit that comes from that. There should be a change. You should want to be different. Because you're new inside. Christ changed you. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Just easy to say. The other thing that it doesn't mean is to go out and start banging people over the head with your Bible. Oh, I'm changed. I don't want you to be doing this either. Let me go bang Tammy over their head. That doesn't work. That does not work at all. But again, it should change you. You should be a light in the dark world. Compassion, love. What's it say? If we're not doing it in love, it's not worth it. Not just in here, outside. Outside. But here's Paul proclaiming that salvation comes through faith alone. Last week was what? Grace alone. This week is faith alone. Again, very similar. But you know what's different here? Is they weren't out in this big crowd like everybody expected. And that's what I love about this story. They were in a jail. Not what we expected, is it? They were in a jail. And it wasn't the person we thought that would get saved. It was the jailer. Probably the bad dude. But do you think he was listening like those prisoners were? And he's like, what have these guys got that I don't got? Christ. There's a difference. Christ. So the question this morning, have you been saved? Has your life changed? It's an urgent question. Do you think it's an urgent question? I do. Why is it such an urgent question? We're all one breath away from death, folks. One breath. That might scare you. That might scare you. But it's the truth. How many stories do we hear constantly of an accident or somebody dying like that? It happens all the time. We are one breath away. And the other thing is, apart from Christ, we have no hope. The only thing that we have from, apart from Christ is eternal separation from God. Which is what? Hell and torment. Hell and torment. And the other thing is, besides salvation, when it comes to the end, when you're standing before God at judgment, the only thing that's going to matter is salvation. It's not going to matter how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't matter what kind of car you have, what kind of house you have, how good of a dad, mom, sister, brother, whatever you've been. The only thing that will matter is if Jesus' blood is applied to you. That's the only thing that's going to matter. No amount of money, no, no amount of good works. None of us are righteous enough to get to heaven without God. Why? Because it's perfection. That's the standard is perfection. And like I said, none of us are good enough. No, not one. No, not one. 
So you might ask this morning, how can I be saved? You just have to believe in Jesus. That might sound too easy. You just have to believe who He is. Who is Jesus? God. The Son of God and God in the flesh. Like, well, Jesus was just a prophet. He was just this. He really wasn't. He really didn't come out of the grave. This is all the stuff that the devil wants to convince people of. But he was God. He came here, lived a perfect life. He was crucified, buried, and on the third day he rose again for our justification. And that's the truth. That's the gospel. Again, that's the good news that needs to go out in a dark world. We can't just keep it in here. We can't just keep it in here. It's through the shed blood of Christ. And that's what I was thinking of. At Judgment Day, all my sins are going to be laid out. I thought Satan's going to be like, that off mills, he's not good. And folks, I'm not good. I've messed up so much of my life. But Jesus is going to stand up and say, He is one of mine. Enter in that good, faithful servant. Not because of anything that I've done, but because of what He's done. That's right. And if you can't get excited about that, there's something wrong with you and something wrong with your salvation. Bible says you must be born again. Amen. You must be born again. And if you're not saved this morning, I pray that you don't leave here without that change that we're talking about. Because again, it has eternal consequences. Eternal. That's forever. What's the little sign for eternity? I do remember a little bit of math. But folks, that's really what it comes down to. I know you're probably sick of these messages. You know what? I really don't care. I really don't care. Because this is important. Christ, faith alone, grace alone, what He came and done for us, we'll never be able to explain to anyone. But we should show that fruit by our labor, right? People should see Christ through us by what we're doing and how we're acting. The bad thing is we just want to be, we just want to go along with the world and do what they're doing. That's not how it should be. Not how it should be. Alright, I'll shut up. Brother Michael Joe, get a verse of the song. All morning I've been praying, praying. God, surely if you're laying these messages on my heart, there's someone here that needs to hear them. And I just pray that you accept them this morning. You just have to believe. Just have to believe. All right, we'll have to all stand.